Most people are not equipped to understand the seemingly endless facets of an HOA. That's why we're here, to help you become uncommonly prepared to serve your HOA. Whether you're a board member or a manager, join us in the Uncommon Area. Welcome to the Uncommon Area. I am Matthew Holbrook, and this episode is all about what can we learn about HOAs from website analytics? And here to talk to me about that today and to discuss it is Brad Perry, Actions VP of Technology. So Brad, just to get the, the ball rolling on this, um, what would you say kind of are some general observations from the website analytics that we have at Action? What kinds of comments could you make about how things maybe have changed based on how the world has changed in recent years? Yeah, well, in general, people are using the websites or our websites or websites in general more often than they were before in so, many different ways. Yeah, so that's our dramatic conclusion from this analysis. I always nobody, do that, nobody I always knew, do that right? to you. I always say, <laughs> boom, I go right to it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so obviously, yeah, people are using technology. They're using websites. They're using apps uh, uh, at a whole lot higher level than, than previous Um to the past couple of years. As we drill down into that further, are there any like interesting trends or th takeaways specifically as it relates to HOAs that we might be able to draw on? Yeah, so a, a couple of things. Um, one, the, um, the devices that they're using. So um, as you could expect, people are using phones more than they're using computers. Uh, they're using, they're, we're not at the point to where Phones are being used more than computers. Let me so let me state that um, because there is still the if, from our analytics standpoint for our websites and our resident portal, there's actually still more people using computers to access those websites than phones. What I'm saying is the rate of usage um, has increased uh, exponentially over the last couple of years for the phone. So the gap the, the gap is narrowing. The gap is narrowing exactly. So. so like when I think about um, the device usage, um, I guess I think of it in three categories. And is, is this the right way to think about it? You have computers, phones, and then tablets. Um, is, does it break up in that way? Yeah, the, an the analytics break up in that way. Um, but uh, it be it's becoming more and more prevalent that the phone and tablet are almost a, somewhat of a synonymous device. It's just the size of it, right? Um, and, and really to be even more um, uh, technical um, is the, uh, the, the browser, like for instance, on an Apple phone is Safari sure. typically, even though you can download Chrome, um, but they can d differentiate the difference between a tablet and a phone. So yes, so the tab, and that's also what I'm referring to in regards to a mobile device. I'm categorizing a mobile device as a phone or a tablet. Okay. And separating it to a PC. So the growth of a phone and tablet is 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 exponentially increasing over the last couple of years. All right. So as I as I just think about that reality, what are the takeaways? And it, I kind of go in two different directions. Um, one. Um, from a development standpoint, having that in mind that um, people are going to be accessing whatever you develop on a mobile device at a much uh, higher frequency than previously and probably on a trajectory that's going to continue to increase in that way, that, that just has to be factored in from a development standpoint. And then secondly, um, it seems that that opens opportunities for different types of technology applications because more and more people are using things that are mobile that allows 
for that those applications to be applied maybe in ways and in places that you couldn't use for just if you were just using a computer um i, I guess am i am i thinking of uh, about it in the right way on those two things or um, what would you how would you respond well let, let me take the first part in um the a uh, yes in the sense that the devices that are being used uh, we need to take that in consideration when we're building the websites. So everything that we do at Action, um, from our corporate website to our resident portal to even um, applications that are only used internally for um, employees, um, we always design them um, with, with what is called responsive design. Responsive design means that depending on the device, the website shrinks and expands um, and is still viewable and accessible and usable on any device. Um, a lot of people from a technology standpoint, I don't want to get too technical in it, but one of the main products to do that is called Bootstrap. That's an actual programming language um, that does that. But the, the, the general term is called responsive design. And that makes sense if you kind of think about that. It responds to the device. So, so to, to finish that point is that everything that we do, we design it with responsive design in mind. Um, in addition, and, and there's also actually little things too that I think is important. Um, if, for instance, like when you're on a, a computer, you can make the button a little bit bigger. When you're on a device, we got to shrink it down to maybe just an icon. So maybe on the computer, it says submit, but on a phone, it may be just an icon that represents submit. So there's a lot of other things that we got to think about. Like we have to be intuitive about, okay, this does this really look like a submit button or does this really look like something that's clickable? So those are other elements to it. Um, on the other note, in regards to uh, designing things that maybe create opportunities, if you're using, a, say, for instance, a mobile device, that really gets into a different topic in regards to the difference between having a native mobile app, something that gets installed on the computer or that gets downloaded from the Apple Store or the Google Play Store, and something that's just simply a website. So you're getting into a different category there. So I guess I was thinking more in terms of like what we have developed with our inspection app. You're not going to be hauling your um, computer around to do an on-site property inspection, but if you can have uh, software that allows you to be much more efficient in how you use your time in an inspection and be able to use your phone or tablet to do that. That's an opportunity I think that is much more available today to, to develop those solutions, which, which we have um, versus maybe where we were just even a few years ago. Yes. So, okay. So you're getting into another realm. And again, I'm not trying to dice this too much, but you, uh, so yes, a hundred percent, the mobile app being a native mobile app, opens up a lot more flexibility and functionality to be able to do things as when what you're alluding to is like for instance the fact that we can use the inspection app without any cell phone service because we're leveraging the phone to store that data um, and then you start to do things like you can use the accelerometer on the phone you can use the camera on the phone you can use right. the gps on the phone to be able to leverage that pieces of a technology so that gets into that realm but i think what also you maybe be interested in is that the the fact of the matter that um, I would say five, six years ago, um, it, it, there was a very 
the specific amount of people that were actually able to develop mobile apps. And that's becoming more and more readily available. It's becoming more easier to develop um, um, mobile applications. And so that's expanding the a company such as us. We're, we're a large company, but we're also still privately owned and we have the resources to be able to build mobile apps. I mean, that, that wasn't really a common thing, I would say, five, six years ago. Sure. So shifting gears a little bit, uh, as we um, kind of, this part of this conversation was driven by by the analytics, right? Yeah. Um, the the observation that uh, more and more people are using um, mobile devices as opposed to uh, to computers. Um, taking that a step further, um, are there any um, maybe demographic observations that we can make that um, may have shifted uh, as a result of uh, just how the world has changed in in the last couple of years? Yes, definitely. So uh, let me let me uh, set the stage for that. So all of our websites also, including our resident portal and our, our, our public-facing uh, corporate website, um, we use Google Analytics. Um, so every person that goes to our websites, we're tracking that data. Um, and, and, and Google Analytics gives us some pretty in-depth sure. data around the analytics in there. And so what I've seen as a trend is, is that um, the, the age difference between the users, um, typically sometimes we get people that say, oh, well, maybe the older community doesn't necessarily use technology that much. That is not the case anymore. Um, I'm seeing more and more of that um, anywhere from age um, 55 to, to 65 range. That is also exponentially increasing in the usage of our online technology. And even in using things that you may not even think so. Like for instance, we have chat features that are available on our resident portal and our, our corporate website. Um, that age demographic is using chat, um, which was is something that, that it wasn't used before. Uh, in addition to that, like th this is interesting with technology, for instance, for a little while, um, QR codes kind of right. were a cool thing. Then they kind of died off. But now, as everybody knows, every restaurant you went to, you had right. to scan a QR code. Right. Um, and so now we've implemented that, like, for instance, in our statements. And we can track how many people are using that QR code on our statements to then register for the resident portal. And that's being heavily used, too. Yeah. Um, so this is just another side note. Yeah, but it kind of it, what you're illustrating is that certain stereotypes and assumptions that may have been generalities that you could make five years ago, um, I think a lot of people are still holding on to those perspectives. And the reality is people know that the world has changed, but they may not be adjusting to some of these demographic changes. And so, yeah, we hear all the time, uh, we'll be meeting with maybe a prospective new community and they'll say, yeah, we have a large senior population here in our community. They're not going to be accessing the, um, you know, the, the online features or some of the technology advantages. And, um, the, the reality of what we're seeing, both from a, 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 um, a practical and, and um, uh, just uh, experiential level, is that that's not true. And the analytics are, are supporting that, that, um, that we're seeing that more and more people across a whole range of different ages are adopting at higher and higher rates the use of, of technology. Definitely. A fair way to put that. A hundred percent. Yeah. Especially in the, the, the age demographic. And that, and I've actually, I've, I have noticed that and then everybody's, I know that the word is, is like, you know, the chain, the big, the big 
change, right, is, 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 is COVID and the way that the world changed during that time period and everybody had to be at home and be online and you couldn't act physically walk into a bank and all of these different things. Um, that obviously has changed it. But I actually saw this trend happening before then. So I also want to make that as, as, a, as, as a point, too, is that, that the usage of, of technology in that age demographic has actually been increasing before even COVID. So we've seen even in some of, some of our um, active adult communities just very, very high levels of engagement on some of the online opportunities, haven't we? Yeah, exactly. So we're saying that one, we have the Google Analytics and we have the data behind that, but we also have a pretty good Litman's test. We have a very large active adult community. It's age restricted. So it, in itself, it's already creating this 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 uh, this uh, um, a data set for us. And we can look at that community and, and, and we see that there's a lot of users using the technology. Um, so um, we can really pinpoint it even at a community level. Sure. So uh, just taking a step back, what are some of the, the actual numbers that we have as far as um, how many homes do we manage um, compared to how many residents do we have that are like are registered for our resident portal, for example? So we manage about so the, the industry term is how many doors you re, you you manage, and we we manage about uh, fifty three thousand doors. I think is the last kind of number um, around that. And if we look at the amount of registered users, we're about fifty five thousand registered users. And you're like, well, wait a second, how could you have more of that? Well, in each each home could have multiple people have an access to the to to the account, and then there's also some numbers where if uh, associations um, we no longer manage them, they st they still have a registered account because they could still go back in and maybe look at historical information. So to answer your question, um, I would say that I, if I was to throw out a percentage there, I would say about seventy five to eighty percent of all of our residents have at one point in time registered for the resident portal or online portal to, to access that. Yeah. So anything over a hundred percent of our units represented is going to indicate a pretty high level of engagement, even recognizing that some of those are going to be multiple people from one unit. Exactly. Um, so, um, and then you, you used the, the phrase just now have um, engaged with or been involved with our resident portal at one time. Just a couple of clarifications. The numbers that you're talking about are numbers um, of communities that we actively manage today, correct? The 55,000 registered users. Yes. Those are the active, active associations that we currently manage. Right. Yes. And then um, do we have any measurement uh, or anything that gives us feedback as far as um, active users, users that are, are engaged with and using the resident portal on some type of a regular basis. Yeah. So it, it, I mean, our Google analytics actually tell us active users. I can see right now, if I look at the analytics that there's, there's 20 people currently logged into the resident portal. And in the last 30 days, um, I think I just looked at the statistics and there was about 18,000 people that have logged into the resident portal. There's also there's also a, a reason for that too, because today as we're filming this, this is the first of the month. And um, this is uh, the time that people log into the resident portal and pay for their assessments. So we're going to get that spike in the amount of users actually using the resident portal between now and the next five days, let's say. Right. Um, so I can see that analytics and I can see that data. So... Um uh, just like, I guess a couple of takeaways or maybe like one broad one is that um, I think people intuitively know there has been a movement towards using um, online 
applications and access to different services at a much higher rate today, obviously, than ever before. I think people intuitively know that. Our data is supporting that and, um, and, and makes that case. But then what, what we were saying before is it's not limited to a, a narrow demographic of, of ages. It's, it's basically all people. And we need to keep that in mind and make sure that, that's, that, that, that um, those types of um, access points online for, from our residents and people who live in homeowners associations, that that's available for them and, and known to them that they can, they can use that because they're more and more, um, again, all ages, all demographics are getting very well used to using those, um, those types of opportunities. Um, anything else um, from a, a demographic or analytic standpoint that you have that would be interesting to share? Well, as you were saying that, I mean, one of the things that I was thinking about from a, a standpoint, if I was meeting with a board, or I was talking to a prospective board or an existing board, is that we still here at Action are still leveraging every type of means of communication. I mean, you can still call us. Right. Um, you can still access a live person. Um, now, another little side note, again, not to get too technical, but we're still leveraging certain technologies. For instance, our phone system tracks that when somebody calls us, it's looking at the phone number that's calling us. It queries our database for that phone number, and it's actually bringing up that homeowner resident information. So it's, it's creating some efficiencies there when you actually call. But you could still pick up the phone and you can still call us. You can chat us. You can submit something online. You can do all of di those different things. And then from a manager's perspective or board's perspective, we still um, um, think that it's 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 prudent and it's and it's okay to print out a flyer and post those out on and within the community. And we can still help you um, to do that as a company. So yeah, well, those analytics even go into again just feeding how we can be best set up to. Um, to service our homeowners associations. So for example, um, I can look at our data and I just recently uh, did and show that our average time to answer a phone call um, in the last 30 days was right around a minute and a half. Um, so we can track even on a day-to-day -day basis what our, our response time is and adjust staffing as needed to uh, to be able to address different um, influxes where we're um, if that time gets stretched out longer or whatever we would need to do to make sure that phone calls are being answered in a reasonable amount of time. Um, and then we can also track things like, yes, we're going to talk to people on the phone, but some people, again, are going to more and more prefer to, uh, to contact us through a chat. And there are certain advantages to that. We know um, just based on our data that um, chats can be um, responded to and resolved in about half the amount of time that phone calls are. Um, so for residents and homeowners who are interested in that, and they just, they just want to get their issue resolved as fast as possible, um, uh, communicating that, that that chat option is available and that's a way to do that um, is, is something, again, that the, the analytics bring that to the forefront, allow us to see that and to adjust the service in the same way. And I think the last thing I would point out along those lines, where where we want to use that technology most effectively. And again, the, the, the data and the information we're able to pull helps us to position ourselves to do this. We want the routine things, the things that people just want to resolve the fastest and easiest way. We want to give them every option to do that, whatever fits where they're coming from best. And more and more just recognizing that people's preferences are to do that in some technology-driven kind of way. But then also to do that, to create efficiency so that we are freed up to be able to 
do that in-person connection and phone calls and meetings um, on the issues that aren't most effectively addressed through technology. And so, um, again, we can, we can use data and analytics to help to shape that service in that way. What's your preferred method of contacting a, a, some, your bank or your, something you need access to? Or Yeah, you know, I, I got, for me personally, um, I'm probably, um, I would probably lean more towards a chat or even maybe go really old school and email. Um, uh, that, that's, uh, that's, that's like electronic mail. People oh, used, to, used to do that, yeah. yeah. No, you know uh, what's funny is I'm, I just like picking up the phone. <laughs> I think if it's if it's going to require and um, I'm the and I'm the technology guy. Yeah, no, but I get that. What I was going to put the caveat is I'm moving more and more towards that. But if it's going to require any level of back and forth, then I'd rather pick up the phone. And I guess that's what we what, how we want to be able to provide things to our our residents, whatever's going to make sense for them to be able to uh, to provide that. But again, that's where. It, tracking the information, knowing how, what the trends are, how residents or their preferences are, um, and then being able to staff and to respond in an appropriate way um, based on those preferences. I think that becomes more and more important. Definitely. And, you know, we've, we've, we've talked, and I guess just as we uh, wrap this up, you know, if, if you give us any time to, to talk, we end up talking about baseball oh, and, yeah. um, and, and whatever sport it is, right. It's being driven by analytics to how do you, how do you best leverage the talent and the resources that you have to produce the best possible result? And, um, we're in the human business. We, we relate to human beings and we are providing a human level of service, but we still have a limitation on the number of humans that, um, that we have at our disposal and um, being able to understand the data, the analytics and find ways to leverage that to the best possible results so that the experience on the, from the residents, from the board members, from the users is at the most optimal level. That's what we're really looking at um, and, and wanting to, uh, to take advantage of. So I don't know, would you put that any differently? No, I just, well, I know that we're going long here. I just w was, oh, I'll ask you later about if you like a shift on the uh, infield or not. Yeah, I'm anti that, but you know, uh, anyway, <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, that's okay. But um, I hope that that was helpful. And uh, I would encourage you to check out other videos that we have here on the Uncommon Area.